Welcome back to another episode of Fairbank and Friends. I'm releasing this episode today because it is my guest Ella's birthday. It's going to be a two-part episode, and we actually recorded this a few months back when she was in town. She's been living in Mexico and Central America for the past few years. And while she was here, we got together and she agreed to be a guest with me. And I learned a hard lesson that you can only record in 30-minute increments with Anchor. So we were sitting here in my living room chatting and having just a really beautiful time. And when we finished our conversation, I went to look at it and realized, oh, we only captured about 30 minutes. So I'm deciding to release that anyway, and we will do part two um, as a distance episode sometime in the future, but I thought what a better day to release her episode than the day she was born. I'm so grateful she agreed to be a guest um, and really grateful for the conversation that we had together. So I hope you guys enjoy. I am here with Ella. We met how many years ago? I want to say like six. Six years ago or something? Yeah, in Southern accent, right? Yes. Yeah. And Southern accent. Bomb calamari. Yes. It doesn't exist anymore. Oh, I was really? looking for it. Yeah. I really like those half oh. price appetizers. Yeah. We met through a mutual friend and uh, Ella has started a vintage clothing shop and been traveling and is just a beautiful human being. We've connected a lot over social media and this is actually our first time hanging out one-on-one. So thanks for being here with me today. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah. So first question, how are you feeling? I feel so good. I feel safe. Um, I mean, we were talking earlier about how it's it's incredible when you can meet somebody that gives you that safe environment where you don't need to censor yourself and you feel safe to, to share. So I feel good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So um, let's get in there. What is one of your simple pleasures? Simple pleasures. Taking baths. Mm. Is that simple? I don't know. It takes work. You know, it's so true. With the bathtub, make sure it's not too hot. <laughs> don't yeah. burn your feet. But really, it's just, you know, I'm feeling off. I sit in the bath and I just put some essential oils in there. And I just feel mm. like it just really really heals me I think water in general is a healing like even just drinking a cup all the water I love (laughs) one cup no all (laughs) give me all the water um yeah water is a really healing element even showers you know just like when you just envision like a whole you visualize the water just pouring over you and Mm -hmm. cleansing anything that's stuck on that wasn't yours or that just might feel a little yucky you just yeah. 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 Baths are so good. The best. Yeah. The best. I was going to ask you a ritual around it, but it sounds like essential oils is part of that for you. Essential oils when I have Epsom salts for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I often like to also play like meditation music, nice. some kind of solfeggio. I don't know. I don't know how to say the, the, the words, you know, the That's frequency a- I'm talking about solfeggio, solfeggio. You, I don't know. Yes. Something like I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what frequency that is, but hey, if it that's works. The one that resonates with me the most. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Okay, next question. What is something that you are curious about? So many things. <laughs> 
so many things. Um, I'm really interested in the inner earth theory, but that's just oh, a theory. <laughs> I've never heard of this. But I have no idea. I mean, there's so many, there's so many things that we, we, well, I, sorry to generalize that I don't know about that. I, I would like to discover mm-hmm. even there's like an interesting one about how like giants used to live on this planet. Okay. And, um, you know, there's like a lot of these like really flat, huge rocks mm-hmm. and apparently from, um, wow, like aerial point of view, mm-hmm. aerial is above. Yeah. Um, you can see almost like the same kind of pattern as a tree. Oh, so it's almost like the, like, lines, like the rings of a tree. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So apparently there used to be like giant trees on this planet and they had been chopped off. And okay. I, I mean, I don't really know where to go with that, but I'm very curious yeah, about for it. Sure. I'm <laughs> like, I've just heard about this. At so. least it ignites the imagination. Yeah. 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 And it sounds like just that wondering of like, Hey, how did this thing get to be that way? Yeah. And like, who thought of this theory? True. <laughs> that always makes me so curious. I'm like, how did we, who's the person that was like, hey, this could be a thing for right? so many parts of life. I'm like, so yes, exactly. Yeah. Actually, another one. Can I, can I say another one? I'm yeah, curious about. <laughs> no rules. No um, rules. <laughs> uh, Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love the concept of it. It's decentralized and everything, but also I, I'm like very curious to understand. I mean, I do believe that like the world is going digital and all of that. I'm still trying to see how it feels in my body, you mm-hmm. know, like the yeses and nos, like the yep. truth testing. So that's another one where I'm, mm-hmm. I don't really know how to feel about it. I have a lot of questioning because nobody knows who the guy is that created it. Yeah. And I'm like, I like the concept, but you know, could it just be the same kind of people that like, like the Rothschilds that like created yeah. the centralized banking system? Yeah. Valid question. I also don't know much about how Bitcoin became yeah, me, a thing. Me too. I do. Own but people some, are making but... money. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Make that money. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand it, but it's, it's happening. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Right on. And now Ethereum is popping. I don't own any of it. I tried to buy some yeah. back in like September, 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, because I was in Mexico at the time, they called my brother that was the phone number attached Mm -hmm. and I was just trying to buy like $700. I'm like, if it's under a thousand, why would the bank call? You know, Mm -hmm. it's not so much. And then, um, yeah, my brother didn't authorize the transaction, ended up losing my, like my debit card was locked. It it was a mess. Anyway, no Bitcoin lost my, (laughs) lost access to my account. Oh my gosh. So yeah, maybe that's, a no from your body for that maybe but yeah. I could have done well it was 10,000 yeah. at the time oh wow <laughs> I could have done really well yeah darn brother <laughs> and <laughs> banks trying and to... banks yeah they really want to keep the money in there yeah. they're like I heard that a lot of banks try to keep um 
their system like quite complicated in transferring like e-transfers are easy but if you want to transfer larger amounts they make it really difficult and that's just because they want to keep the money in there so if they Mm. make it more complicated most people don't call they don't really like try to do it they're like okay whatever yeah true Mm -hmm. true but that's our monetary banking system yep that's all we got I'm not so curious about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good segue into the next question, which is what is one of your pet peeves? Oh my God, the centralized bank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hmm. I feel, oh, you know, I'm going to just do like a really lame one. Um, this one's. Oh, but a pet peeve is like for everyone. No, just something that bothers you. Okay, cool. So, um, I hate it when my boyfriend drops something and then just keeps walking and it's like in the house. I'm like, seriously, like, like what kind of things? He he drops a wrapper, you know, and then he doesn't pick it up. I hate that. <laughs> just like, what am I supposed to be cleaning up after you? Do you? make a comment i i do i know is it effective it's not quite (laughs) effective (laughs) yeah i mean i i also just learned to like accept that you know that's his thing that's his thing he just doesn't notice some things and i'm ultra observant to things so i think that's our balance that's our mirrors Mm -hmm. which is cool at the same time, I think he's like teaching me how to be more easygoing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like oh, sometimes we drop things. Who cares? And then I'm like, okay, well, sometimes we drop things and we pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I keep that. Sometimes we drop things. Who cares? Sometimes we drop things and we pick them up. Yeah. yeah. Some days it's like this. Some days it's like yeah. that. yeah yeah so next one is what is something you are currently passionate about I think I'm currently really passionate about um well I I started that vintage yeah so while I love the concept of sustainability shopping secondhand it's something I've been doing since I was I don't know like 13 years old Mm -hmm. um and while I love that, there's still a lot of overconsumption, mm-hmm. even in that. And most people, so I, I started off um, prior to starting this as more of a business. I, I uh, was in Guatemala and Guatemala is the number one country for imported American clothing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time when we think we're being like really good, we're donating, we're putting things in this donation box. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, we're doing something really good. But really, it's just constantly being transferred down to, like, countries in Central America or South America. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, it's really great for them to get some some clothes that are, you know, more from, like, the Western world. However, it's just copious amounts. Mm. It's mountains of clothing. Yeah. And, well, yeah, so it's, it's kind of that... Um, Hmm. That like, uh, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? You know when it's like a battle in between, like, um, mm, 
Yeah, like when it's just like conflict conflicting. Right. Um, so it's like sustainability versus overconsumption. Right. So yeah, there's that. And I think that that's a category that I have fallen in as well. Now I'm using it more into like when I'm when I'm reselling something, mm-hmm. I'm making sure that first of all it's in good quality. Yeah. <clears throat> that it's well made mm-hmm. because the like I, not to put down fast fashion, but at the end of the day, H&M doesn't want your shirt to last years. Forever 21 doesn't want that. Zara doesn't want that. They want you to keep buying, right? So I would much rather buy something that's, you know, um, like a $50 shirt at the price of an H&M shirt Mm -hmm. that will last me, you know, five years even. Yeah. That's, so much better. So I, I think that's something I'm passionate about. Yeah, it's so about. interesting because I grew up, I mean, my mom, as we just went through some mm-hmm. of things that were my mom's um, clothes that she had since the 80s and 90s, and it was good quality and it's stuff that I've worn now for years. Um, and yeah, just looking at the quality, yes, you might be paying extra, but if you're buying one shirt that lasts you 10 years versus 10 shirts at a cheaper price and you need one each year, like from a cost perspective too. And then the waste and and all that, it's, you know, better to buy quality. Absolutely. Last year, um, I was in Minnesota Mm -hmm. and, um, it's cold. It's really cold there in the winter. And I didn't, I was coming from Central America. So I had no sweaters, no jackets, no nothing. And there was no Goodwill in the area, no like secondhand store. So I, I, there was an H&M in the mall. Mm-hmm. I bought a sweater and pants, wore them once and they started peeling. Wow. Pilling, pilling. Yeah. yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. I'm like, what? 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 I can't be- making these I of? can't believe this. Yeah. I returned it right away. Yeah. At least they had a good return policy. Okay, I was going to say, did they accept it? Yeah, I mean... I'm sure the employees there knew, so... Yeah, it's such a shame. And most people, they... I I understand the mentality around shopping at these, like, fast fashion places because they make it so easy, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they're, like, their size, small, medium, large. There's black, white beige you know like it's so um categorized that it makes it so easy to shop there Mm -hmm. but then I don't know I feel like everybody's like looking like a clone yeah you know everybody's dressing the same it's like hey like where's your flair let's make it fun yeah let's make it fun yeah (laughs) show me that flair so yeah and I mean, if you don't like the sourcing part, you don't like actually like digging through because it is overwhelming going into like Value Village or Goodwill and sorting through everything. Because, yeah, I know people that hate it. Mm-hmm. For me, I love it. I look at it as a treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. So it's, then it's great because then you have other people that are doing the digging totally. and then you just get to pick through it. Yeah. I'm the one who would like to pick through it. I don't want to do the digging. Yeah. So I'm grateful for you. Thank you. Yeah. I can dig it. <laughs> um, okay. What has been one transformational moment from your life? Hmm. I've had so many transformational yeah. moments. Yeah. 
I don't know which one to pick. You can do two if you want. <laughs> um, let's do my sobriety because okay. I think that's the biggest transformation. Yeah. Like I could say like my mom passing was my biggest transformation because that was like a segue point right. of like destroying my life mm -hmm. into rebirth of yeah. sobriety. But I think sobriety is when my life really just started over. So yeah. um yeah, I'm really grateful for that. It taught me how to how to live, like mm -hmm. truly, like how to how to deal with how to deal with life because life seemed so unmanageable to yeah. me so many of the times. Um I didn't my emotions, I didn't know how to manage. Totally. It just seemed so over every everything seemed so overwhelming. Yeah. So like it it was a really beautiful time to just um build those tools necessary mm -hmm. in order to learn how to live yeah. like and truly live because I think that as a society whether you have an addiction or not I think society has been sedated mm -hmm. by so many different aspects whether it's like even through like you know we're drinking caffeine mm -hmm. like we were talking about coffee and it's yeah. interesting because like coffee doesn't even do what it's meant to do for us anymore because mm -hmm. when you drink when you dr do something every day it doesn't have its yeah. full effect right so yeah. it actually just makes you normal yep. you're waking up more tired and you're just drinking that coffee just to get to a normal state yeah so we're never functioning at our full capacity right. unless of course you're con conscious and yeah you're aware about what you are consuming, putting in your yeah. body, um, where you're putting your energy. So it is yeah. interesting. I feel like I really just diverted, but that's okay. Yeah. Just, I think the overall like, uh, sobriety gave me the path to awareness mm -hmm. in all aspects. Yeah. So many different forms. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. How long has it been? It's been over 10 years now. Amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, it's funny when I tell people that because I'm 27. Yeah. So when I tell people I've been sober for 10 years, they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you got sober at what age? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird because I tried to get sober for two years prior to that as well. Mm -hmm. So it was throughout my whole high school experience. Yeah. And I got sober at the end of the 11th grade. Wow. And I was never a good student. Mm -hmm. I, I never put my all because mm -hmm. I would rather get, this is, this is fully psychological. Yep. I would rather get bad grades and know I didn't do my best than do my best and get bad grades. I very deeply resonate with that experience <laughs> that I'm like, well, at least I'm good at failing. So yeah. I'm nailed like, it. I didn't do my best. And yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And also like with family, not giving me much attention. Like I felt very neglected growing mm -hmm. up. So it was cool because <laughs> cool. Um, my parents would give me attention yeah. when I did bad. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, at least they're paying attention to yeah. me like that no publicity is bad publicity no attention is bad attention. exactly yeah. yes yeah, yeah yeah so in uh the 12th grade I was learning everything mm -hmm. from scratch like I had this one incredible um teacher 
Mr. Carpenter, wow, he was such an angel. He would stay with me in the library after school and teach me how to structure sentences, teach me how to structure paragraphs, because I didn't know those little things. I didn't Mm -hmm. understand how to structure anything. I didn't know what an adverb was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know like what a verb was, what a noun was. Um, Actually, nouns were easy, but (laughs) (laughs) truly, I, I really struggled with all of that. And we would play some guitar and just talk and he'd be like, okay, like, let's write something about a cow, you Mm -hmm. know, and I would just start writing. And then he would show me like, do you see how this last sentence would have actually gone better as the second sentence? And it just Mm -hmm. helped me so much. And um, I never thought that I would get into university, Mm -hmm. um, especially because I I did a lot of drugs um, between like just the 10th and the 11th grade was really Mm -hmm. bad. So I really fried my brain and it was, it was just such a reset to try to do everything again. And um, I took a year off after graduating high school Mm -hmm. and I got into two universities. I got into York university for psychology, Mm -hmm. but I didn't get into Ryerson for psychology. But I got into Ryerson for arts and contemporary studies. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I still don't quite know, but I, re- <laughs> but I really wanted to go to Ryerson. So yeah. I decided, you know what, I'm going to do that. And um, I minored in psychology. But it was mm-hmm. so cool because I ended up being like the vice president of my program. Wow. And like, I, I really just like found my way. And yeah. even though I don't believe school is a way to validate somebody's intelligence levels, mm-hmm. I I do think that for me, it was just like a nice challenge to know it's something I can do totally well in. Yeah, it sounds like you were able to just like start blossoming into yourself in that time. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, switching trajectories again, what is something you are afraid of? Hmm. Uh, okay. I think my one fear, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really losing my dad. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, I'm not really afraid of anything else. It's just because I lost my mom when I was 15. And I also saw her sick for three years before that. Yeah. It's like, my dad is like the only one I have left. And I developed such a close relationship with him over the years. Mm -hmm. And He's like my best friend. I just love him so much. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's really my main fear, even though when I think about it, I know that like the physical, like this is all just temporary, right? Like yeah. this is just a vessel for our soul. It's just our yeah. car, you know, yeah. it's, it's what we need to be on this playground of a planet, mm-hmm. right? And so then I feel kind of okay with it, but still, you know, I, yeah, but I also, because I'm not in Toronto a lot, mm-hmm. I like, I come here for like 10 days yeah. for like every two years. Yeah. It's um, like the distance is something I'm more familiar with. Right. And also I am very familiar with loss. Like I've had a lot of people die in my life. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's like my one fear. Mm-hmm. Like it's something I really try not to think about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Otherwise, I really, I'm really not afraid of so much because, you know, I know that so, like, nothing can be controlled. Like, I can say, yeah. like, oh, I was afraid of doing, um, I really wanted to do my AFF license. It's a mm-hmm. skydiving license oh, to, yes. like, let you jump on your own. I used to want to do that, too. Oh, my God. You sh- totally should. You yeah. should do the it. The first time I went skydiving, I was like, I want to do this all the time. Yes. But I didn't have the finances at the time, so. So, in um, Puerto Escondido in mm-hmm. Mexico, that's where I was living most of the time in Mexico, and... Um, yeah, there they do it. And you land on the beach. The oh. scenery is just so beautiful. Every skydiver I spoke with, so um Shahak, my partner, he's mm-hmm. um he's a skydiver. Oh, he cool. was a paratrooper in the army and oh, then no yeah, and then he got fully licensed to jump wherever he wants, um, in Puerto Escondido. Mm-hmm. And everybody there said like the air there is really nice. Mm-hmm. Like it's really kind because it's um like if you jump in the cities or close to the cities, the air is really heavy and dense. Right. So you land really fast. And that's mm. how like most people sprain their ankles or break their legs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But landing on the beach, it's really <laughs> light and nice. Oh, cool. So I really want to do my license. Um, and yeah, I was definitely scared because I don't know how to drive. Mm-hmm. And I apparently like landing the parachute, like everybody knows how to drive okay so that's something that freaked me out but even that it's still something I'm going to do yeah it's still like that doesn't scare me enough not to do it yeah it sounds like it puts you on the edge and makes you aware of you know oh this is a thing that I don't have I can do that it just would take more effort than drinking a cup of water yeah it's really just like a mental yeah a mental barrier I think fear is just that. And once you're able to push past that, yep. that barrier is just, wow. Yeah. Like, so Endless really possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I like that. Hmm. What is a memorable risk you have taken? Hmm. I think... Um, yeah, I guess it's that mental risk, right? So... When I was 20 or 21, I decided I never traveled by myself before. And Mm -hmm. the only trips I'd taken was to LA with two of my best friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And we stayed there for three weeks. And it was the moment that I got to LA. I'm not a huge fan of that city. It's Mm -hmm. just a lot of traffic. And I don't know. Uh, But what I did love about it were the mountains and the ocean, Mm -hmm. which we don't get here in Toronto. And for the first time, I was like, wow, I never knew how much I love mountains. Mm-hmm. So I, I for the first time, realized Toronto's not my home. Mm-hmm. Sure, I have a lot of home aspects here, family, yeah. friends, but my soul, it's yeah. not at home here. Totally. So that's when I decided, I'm like, wow, I really have to find my home. Yeah. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> so um, I, I took a trip by myself I kept asking so many friends come with me come with me to Southeast Asia I Mm -hmm. I really want some friends um Mm -hmm. and everybody would say oh that sounds great but I can't right now oh I can't take time off work oh I can't afford it right now oh maybe next year Mm -hmm. right and then that's when I realized I can't live my life to other people's schedules and I have to just book 
this trip. Yeah. I was so scared. Mm-hmm. My friend, so I first flew to LA for my cousin's 50th birthday. And then um, my friend dropped me off at the airport. Mm-hmm. And I was flying with Turkish Airlines with um, a layover in Istanbul mm-hmm. um, and then to Bangkok. When she dropped me off at the airport, I was bawling my eyes yeah. out. And I ran into the airport not knowing where to go. And I was just like asking so many people, like, nobody works there yeah that i was asking I'm like where's turkish airlines oh. <laughs> i get to turkish airlines and i was checking in and she goes do you have a return flight and i said no and she goes oh i don't know if i can issue the ticket so then i said no no it's fine i can i can buy a ticket right now i'm i'm not gonna stay in thailand yeah I, i'm not gonna stay there i want to also go to cambodia and i want to go to vietnam and Laos and mm-hmm. whatever so she's like one sec let me talk to my manager so she comes back and tells me that they can issue me the ticket but if i get deported it's not their fault Okay. And I said, all right, <laughs> I love flying. So I had no problem with that. Yeah. I find a lot of peace on par- on airplanes. Oh, same. Yeah, right? I love it. It's so great. So I was like, honestly, I hope I get deported. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah, I get to Istanbul and I was really close to not getting onto the connection flight because okay. I was like, wow, there's so much energy in Istanbul. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to stay, all the palaces, the food, mm-hmm. everything. It just seemed like my soul really felt connected there. But I ended up taking my connection flight. Mm-hmm. I also met a guy on my flight, and he was super cool. And he said, oh, I have, like, a silver company. You should come work with me. I'll take care of you. I'm like, wow, you know? Look at me. Anyway, I didn't end up going with that, but I really like the opportunities that life just throws at you. So yeah, I ended up going to Bangkok and I was so like, so jet lagged, 36 hours Mm -hmm. traveling. I just didn't know what was going on. I ended up getting to my hostel and it was really cool because um, like I took a nap, met a German girl. We went to get dinner, came back to our um, hostel dorm room and there was another girl in the room mm-hmm. and her name's Susan. We started talking. She told me she was going to go to the islands like Kopi mm-hmm. P and all the islands around there. And I said, yeah, I really want to go to Kopi P, but I heard it's um uh, it's a crazy party island and I don't drink. So I don't know how aligned that is for me. And she goes, weird, I don't drink either. Mm. And I'm like, I haven't drank for five years. And she goes, I haven't drank for nine. And it was just such wow. an interesting, It like, and that was the first day that I got there. And yeah. it just kind of gave me a feeling of like, yeah. <sighs> what a note to end on. We will continue this conversation by um, Ella sharing the rest of her story of the memorable risk she has taken, and then answer the last couple of questions as well. I hope you have enjoyed starting to get to know Ella. And as always at Fairbank and Friends, we are learning through the past, creating stories of meaning, respecting the differences of all beings, propelling ourselves consciously into the future, and striving for presence each step of the way. We hope you enjoy dancing in the chaos of life.